0: Lock Talk Radio. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. That this was the moment when we began to provide care for the... when if you they just gave, you gave them treatment early and they got some treatment and a a breathalyzer or inhalator it would cost about it, it it would cost about the same as what we would spend it over the course of ten years it would cost what it would cost us it it, it, it would cost us about the same as it would cost. About, hold on one second. I can't hear myself.
1: Why or ga- to
2: fail? To follow, not lead. To suffer, not prosper. To despair, not dream. I'd start with energy. I'd cut off America's supply of cheap, abundant energy. I couldn't take it by force, so I'd make Americans feel guilty about using the energy that heats their homes, fuels their cars, runs their businesses, and powers their economy. I'd make cheap energy expensive, so that expensive energy would seem cheap. I would empower unelected bureaucrats to all but outlaw America's most abundant sources of energy. After banning its use in America, I'd make it illegal for American companies to ship it overseas. If I wanted America to fail, I'd use their schools to teach one generation of Americans that their factories and their cars will cause a new ice age, and I'd muster a straight face so I could teach the next generation that they're causing global warming. When it's cold out, I'd call it climate change instead. I'd imply that America's cities and factories could run on wind power and wishes. I'd teach children how to ignore the hypocrisy of condemning logging, mining, and farming while having roofs over their heads. Heat in their homes, and food on their tables. I would never teach children that the free market is the only force in human history to the poor, establish the middle class, and create lasting prosperity. Instead, I'd demonize prosperity itself so that they will not miss what they will never have. If I wanted America to fail, I would create countless new regulations and seldom cancel old ones. That would be so complicated that only bureaucrats, lawyers, and lobbyists could understand them. That way small businesses with big ideas wouldn't stand a chance. And I would never have to worry about another Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, or Steve Jobs. I would ridicule as flat-earthers those who urge them to lower energy costs by increasing supply. And when the evangelists of common sense try to remind people about the laws of supply and demand, I'd enlist the sympathetic media to drown them out. If I wanted America to fail, I would empower unaccountable bureaucracy seated in a distant capital to bully Americans out of their dreams and their property rights. I'd send federal agents to raid guitar factories for using the wrong kind of wood. I'd force homeowners to tear down their own homes built on their own land. I'd make it almost impossible for farmers to farm, miners to mine, loggers to log, and builders to build. Because I don't believe in free markets, I'd invent false ones. I'd devise fictitious products like carbon credits and trade them in imaginary markets. I'd convince people that this would create jobs and be good for the economy. If I wanted America to fail, for every concern, I'd invent a crisis. And for every crisis, I'd invent a cause. Like shutting down entire industries and killing tens of thousands of jobs. In the name of saving spotted owls. And when everyone learned the stunning irony that the Owls were victims of their larger cut than not people, it would already be decades too late. If I wanted America to fail, I'd make it easier to stop commerce than to start it, easier to kill jobs than create them, more fashionable to invent success than to seek it. When industries seek to create jobs, I'd file lawsuits to stop them and then I'd make taxpayers pay for my lawyers. If I wanted America to fail, I would transform the environmental agenda from a document of conservation to an economic suicide pact. I would concede entire industries to our economic rivals by imposing regulations that cost trillions. I would celebrate those who preach environmental austerity in public while indulging a lavish lifestyle in private. I convince Americans that Europe has it right and that America has it wrong. If I wanted America to fail, I would prey on the goodness and the decency of ordinary Americans. I would only need to convince them that all of this is for the greater good. If I wanted America to fail, I, I suppose I wouldn't change a thing.
3: Indeed. Welcome, folks. (laughs) <laughs> to another exciting fun filled and informative hour of the c. Robert Jones situation Report, I hope you all had a great weekend today's date april twenty twenty third two thousand twelve beautiful old town Alexandria is where I find myself today, after spending some time in Georgia over the weekend United States of America planet Earth, third planet from the sun, and once again, I'm your host, doctor. See Robert Jones, hey, I had a an interesting weekend in Georgia. Met with some uh friends and apparently um they're still drinking the Kool-Aid. They're drinking it big time. And none of my associates had any idea whatsoever that Barack Obama was forced to surrender voluntarily his law license few years ago, or that his wife Michelle had done the same, and that both Michelle and Obama had several different social security numbers, that the birth certificate presented on the website, uh, White House website was fake, forgery, none of that, they didn't know any of that, and guess what folks, they didn't care, (laughs) it didn't matter. We have 2020s in the house, Alexander Solo, Blog Talk, Kane, Casanova, Frankenstein, Cougar, those guests I bribed to be here. I've got photos and video. John Galt, Marine Times, Ned King, the usual suspects, folks I recruited to just come in the room and put a name up there just so I'll have some listeners, some folks in the chat room. Our big, fat, soft underbelly. Wow. That's one heck of a name. Pendleton Marines, home of the 1st Marine Division, my division, 1st Marines. Swing easy's in the house. Okay. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter that Barack Obama's not uh, who he says he is, that he's a fraud, that he's an empty suit. Obama's gone from blank slate to empty suit article written by Jack Kelly pretty much says it all. In the prolonged to the second of his autobiographies, The Audacity of a Dope, I mean, I'm sorry, The Audacity of Hope, Barack Obama said, and I quote, I serve as a blank screen on which people of vastly different political stripes project their own views, end quote. Stanford University professor Shelby Steele, who, like Mr. Obama, has a black father and a white mother, thinks the key to Mr. Obama's popularity in 2008 was his racial identity. Quote, Obama's special charisma always came much more from the racial idealism he embodied than from his political ideas, wrote Mr. Steele, end quote. The desire among whites to rid themselves of racial guilt crossed party and ideological lines. It's true. It's true. White folks assuage their white guilt. Black folks were proud to vote for him. And look where it's gotten us. But it was most felt, felt most strongly by white liberals... White liberals could relate to Barack Obama because, as a product of elite private schools and Ivy League colleges, he was much like them. You know, take this quote, and I quote, I mean, you got the first mainstream African American who is articulate and bright and clean And a nice-looking guy. Said then-Senator Joe Biden. Mr. Obama could become the nation's first black president, said Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, because he was light-skinned. That's a direct quote. And had no Negro dialect unless he wanted to have one, end quote. That's Harry Reid. Mr. Obama's campaign speeches consisted mostly of empty platitudes, which nonetheless was greeted with wild applause, and the ladies did faint. Probably the the panties dropped. They probably tossed some up on the stage, some bras. We didn't get a chance to see any of that. I'm sure it happened. So, folks, what is this telling us? That Obama's appeal comes from just being a con man. He's an empty suit. There's nothing there. It's pulp. It's like uh, an avocado. One friend of mine said, hey, why are you eating those avocados? They're nothing but empty calories. And I said, yeah, but, you know, put a little salt and a little pepper on them. They taste good. But they're just empty calories. You're not getting anything from them. You're not getting any uh, any nutrition. So the person said. Make no mistake, Obama's appeal comes not from the things he says, but from who is saying them. The audacity of hope. Mr. Obama wrote in this book, if in fact he did write it, some say Bill Ayers wrote the book. My treatment of the issue is often partial and incomplete. It takes some doing for a politician to write a 364-page book, his second volume, and skate past all controversy. But Obama's done so until now. Folks are seeing exactly what this guy's all about. Even Democrats are starting to turn on the dude. I almost feel sorry for him. Almost. Because at some point, you can't hide who you are. You just can't. It's going to slip out. At some point, you are going to get to the point where people are going to find out who you are and what you're all about. And either you're okay with that And it's all good. Or you're going to wind up looking like a clown. So which is it? What's it going to be? Who's to say? So... We're gonna take a quick break, we'll come right back, and we'll get into it big time. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones.
1: Why are gas prices going higher and higher? Ask George Bush's best friend, Big Oil. <laughs> big Oil kept US oil reserves in Anwar off limits by paying off the caribou lobby. Big And who conspired to keep new refineries from being built in the U.S.? Big Oil. oil. And why is Ted Kennedy opposing windmills in Nantucket Sound? Big Oil. And who, in 1979, along with the cardigan sweater cartel, made sure that Iran would always be run by unstable lunatics? Big Oil. Jimmy Carter. Big Oil did all this. To make unbelievable profits of nine cents per gallon. Province. So get angry at George Bush and big oil and ignore anything the Democrats have ever done to get us in this mess. Paid for by George Soros and
4: other futures trading friends of Hillary Rodham Clinton. Excellence in Broadcasting presents Liberals of Genius. Liberals of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. President of the United States.
5: Mr. President of the United States.
4: You single-handedly managed to choke all the life out of the world's greatest economy in record time.
5: Ten percent unemployment.
4: No one else could have apologized more, spent more, or built a rat maze healthcare system from hell that only the IRS could love. What were
5: you thinking?
4: Thanks to you, FDR will be known as a conservative, Carter will look presidential, and Joseph Stalin won't seem like such a bad guy. Joe was misunderstood. So crack open a good book. Sit on your with a snowball's chance in November. It's a president's one we weren't waiting
5: for. We
4: have come. When we do internet talking, we receive support from Reagan.
3: Right support. Support. Right All right, and we're back. Momentarily lost our connection. Apparently, there's some folks working on the uh, lines outside. Oh boy, it, these things happen. But hey, I can't control those things. We're right back. But hey, let me just go ahead and go to this clip right now. <laughs> yeah well we well we had we had uh we had a, we had uh um we had the the power just went out briefly and not the power but the uh the internet connection folks are burying cable out there i just went out to see what was going on and got the scoop and I said, Hey man, come on, I'm doing i I'm doing a show right now. What's what's going on? And they said, Well, you know, we, we gotta bury the cable. There's some orange cable out there and they gotta bury it. But anyway, so we're back. But uh before that occurred, uh I was gonna we're gonna get into um this deal with um the the left turning on Obama. You know, we've got uh, folks coming out saying that uh, in the Democrat Party, senators and congressmen saying they would not have voted for Obamacare had they known that it was going to be so unpopular. Barney Frank coming out saying that, hey, if I had known it was going to be this bad, you know, maybe we should have focused on something else. You know, maybe we should have focused on the economy a little bit more. Certain Democrats coming out knowing they've got some serious issues coming up in November the redistricting coming up, they're all very much concerned. And according to preliminary reports, the the Supreme Court has started taking their test votes on Obamacare. And the rumor is that the test votes taken by the Supreme Court have come up in favor of striking down the health care law so far, which is why President Obama issued his rebuke of the Supreme Court, very ill-timed. But hey, let's get back to this. We've got CNN, CNN coming out and blasting the President of the United States for blaming everything on somebody else, not taking responsibility. Now, a lot of us on Blog Talk Radio and other venues talk about The failure of leadership of this administration and how a real leader, in fact, a real man. Let's just break it down to its basic form right now. A real man. Now, a lot of us guys, we're fortunate enough to have our dads in the household with us. We're fortunate to have that male role model. If we didn't have dad, we had coaches We had uh, uh, professors, teachers. There were men around, cousins, uncles, who taught us the basic essence of being a man. And one of those basic principles of being a man is you don't point fingers, you don't say it wasn't my fault, you take responsibility. You take responsibility for both the good and the bad. It's my responsibility. I take full responsibility. These are the words that we're taught. These are the words that are used by honorable men. Not, uh, we inherited this and we got a big mess in our hands and and it's not my fault. So take a listen to this clip where Don Lemon... Is calling out, calling him out, the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama. Dig it.
6: Not a good week for President Obama. Roll the headlines.
4: Overshadowed by a prostitution scandal
6: involving members of the Secret Service.
4: Yet another apology for yet
2: another instance of U.S. troops behaving badly in Afghanistan. Those government officials who attended that conference in Las Vegas and spent taxpayer money on mind readers and clowns.
6: The agency that protects him, under fire. The agency representing the country on the battlefield, under fire. The agency that oversees government agencies under fire the secret service the gsa the armed forces while the president doesn't directly run these organizations he is the president and as much as democrats don't want to hear it people like sarah palin have a point
2: these departments the buck
1: stops with the president and he's really got to start cracking down and and seeing some heads roll you know he's got to get rid of these people at the head of these agencies
6: Mm -hmm. At the head of these agencies, he's also the head of the economy. He's in charge of it. Yet almost four years later, his entire administration is running around still blaming a bad economy on George W. Bush.
0: Take a look at what happened in Ohio between 2000 and 2008. Instead of faster job growth, we had the slowest job growth in half a century.
3: The the president inherited, again, as you know, the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. The worst
4: crisis since the Great Depression when he came into office. This was a a financial crisis caused by a
3: shock larger than what caused the Great Depression.
4: And too many
0: people have been stripped of their dignity as a consequence of this god-awful recession we've inherited.
6: It is true. That they inherited the worst economy since the Great Depression. The research shows it. It does. It shows it. But it's the same talking points you ran on last time. And again, you know, maybe the GSA, the Secret Service, and the bad soldiers aren't all your fault. Even conservative stalwart George Will agrees. It is
1: unfair to blame Barack Obama for the GSA or any of these things because although people think he controls the executive branch, no one controls the executive branch. That's part of the problem with big government.
6: So everyone understands, it's an election year, and you need something to hang your hat on. You need something to hang your hat on, but no one likes a broken record. And at some point, you're going to have to take responsibility for the things that happen on your watch, regardless of what went down or up before you took office. And stop pointing fingers backwards. That's tonight's No Talking Points.
5: Ouch.
3: All right, and welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Folks, that was CNN. CNN blaming or coming out and saying, stop the blame game. It's wearing thin. It's boring now. Imagine yourself starting a new job. You come into a new job, and the place is a mess. Folks are slacking taking days off they shouldn't take the office is in complete disarray you come in and immediately on your first day in this new office you say to your boss wow i've really inherited a mess you know i gotta get i gotta get to work your boss is saying to you yeah yeah, it's a pretty big mess around here. That's why we hired you. Square it away. It's part of your job. Three years later, <laughs> you're in your, still in your job and you're saying, Well, you know, I haven't been able to get this place squared away because I inherited a big mess. It's a terrible mess. I inherited the worst staff. I inherited a, a big mess in this office. And I can't do anything about it. It's not my fault. It's the fault of the previous manager. How long do you think he'd last in that job? Think he'd be gone pretty damn quick? Think he'd be out on your ass? Yeah, I think so. So that's what we need to do with this clown. He needs to be out on his ass. Most Ricky Tick. touch sweet. Quick. Uh, November sometime. For a man who won office talking about change we can believe in, this guy has done nothing but, well, what has he done? Obamacare. GDT writes in the chat room, I don't blame Obama for the Secret Service scandal. I'm sure Obama would have paid his hooker. Who was it who said... It's always better to pay before rather than after when it comes to hookers. It was Geraldo Rivera (laughs) on uh, Fox and Friends last Thursday, last Thursday morning. I thought, okay, okay, I guess, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Um... (laughs) Uh, You know, but, but let's get back to what we were talking about. Mr. Obama has mostly been missing in action on his big domestic issues and foreign policy. His proposed budget punted on the fiscal crisis. The Washington Post noted in a caustic editorial that he's delegated to Vice President Biden the task of negotiating with White House Republicans on the budget. Mr. Obama's backtracked on so many of the campaign promises he made in 2008, thank God, such as closing the prison in Guantanamo, which we're glad that he didn't, and imposing no new taxes on the middle class. He's even reneged on his uh, implicit promise, implicit promise to be a racial healer. His administration has been the most racially polarizing since Woodrow Wilson's, and we know Woodrow was the Grand Wizard of the Klan at one point. Even during his presidency, in 2008, much of the news media projected onto the blank screen that was Barack Obama what they thought we wanted to see in a president. Mr. Obama's brilliance, which pundits asserted without offering any evidence whatsoever, more than compensated for the thinness of his resume, they assured us. It's time now for them to show us a little, the little man behind the curtain, the buck-naked emperor. Barack Obama is buck naked. He is the emperor with no clothes on. None. Buck naked. Not a single hair on his chest, which I find to be astounding in a man. The only man I've ever known not to have any hair on the chest are those guys who are on Dancing with the Stars. And I think they get their shade. But that's neither here nor there. Barack Obama is an empty suit. We've been told how brilliant he is, yet he can't seem to string a sentence together without the aid of a teleprompter. The law professors, the real ones, at the University of Chicago labeled him lazy and the least intellectual member of the staff. He was forced to voluntarily surrender his law license a few years ago. For lying on an application. His birth certificate has been proven to be a forgery. We don't know this man. How is it that we have a president of the United States of America, the most powerful man arguably in the free world, and we don't know him? We don't know who he is. His, His college records are sealed. He's the, only, he's the first black law review guy who has never written or was never published in the law review, and that's supposed to be a prerequisite for being the top dog in the Harvard Law Review. But he's never published anything. We don't know anything about this guy other than the fact that he's got one butt-ass ugly wife. And two nice kids. Everything about Barack Hussein Obama is overtly superficial. Can you say con artist? I mean, I know that we're pretty much a superficial country. That perception is reality, as my father told me many years ago. And that Americans... Well, we're superficial folks. Let's just be honest about it. It's not so much about substance anymore. And I myself succumbed to this superficial adulation once with Jimmy – not with Jimmy Carter, I'm sorry – with Bill Clinton. I voted – for Bill Clinton, despite the bimbo eruptions, despite all the talk about him being a lying sack of shit. In fact, I turned off Rush Limbaugh for for the whole election season during uh, 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 Clinton's campaign. I was so pissed at Rush for saying mean things about Bill Clinton that I turned him off. I stopped listening to his show. So I've been there. I've been there. I've been one of those guys who says, Wow, look at that picture of a young Bill Clinton shaking hands with John F. Kennedy. He's Kennedy-esque. Wow, he's got such charisma. What a cool guy. Man, Bill Clinton is so cool. Oh, and the way that Bill Clinton got up and and played the sax, man, he won me over. I I completely disregarded his policies and what he wanted where he wanted to take this country. It didn't matter to me. I didn't even see it. So I've been there. And over the course of this weekend, I talked to so many folks who said you know Barack Obama's just so cool he's so cool he's so, he's, he's brilliant they love the guy The call in number 347884500 by the way you're listening to the C Robert Jones situation report how many of you guys were taken in by Bill Clinton wasn't he cool wasn't Bill the man I mean, seriously. An Earth Day. Earth Day has come and gone. What the hell was that all about? Earth Day? When did that ever happen? What is this Earth Day crap? How long has that been going on? You know, I was a Marine for a long, long time, and I missed out on a few things. The last Stevie Wonder album I heard was Happy Birthday, that, uh, uh, not Songs in the Key of Life, but uh, Hotter Than July. And that was back in 1981, I think. I mean, being a Marine, you kind of miss out on a lot of, you know, stuff that's going on in the real world. So where the hell did Earth Day come from? What is that? GGT writes in the chat room that he wasn't old enough to vote for Clinton. Wow, <sighs> that makes me one old man. Because I was just barely old enough. No, I wasn't even old enough to vote to vote for uh, for. Uh, Reagan, the first time around now here's the deal here's Here's what's happening right now. Romney's going to be the nominee, and I know a lot of you folks out there were all newt and newt and more newt. Southern sense is in the house. she came in late, but she came in. It's better late than never. I know that she was on Newt's bandwagon. I know that GGT was on Newt's bandwagon. (laughs) I would have voted for Reagan the first time around, but I was too young. I was 17 when Reagan took office and a newly minted Marine private first class. So... Some of the folks who are listening to this show right here and now, and some folks who are in the chat room, they were, they were all for Newt Gingrich. It was all about Newt, nude and more Newt. It was anybody but Romney. But now we see that Romney's going to be the man, and he's going up against a very weak president, a wounded president. We see that the economy is now sliding backward. We see that gas prices are rising higher and higher. The question I have for you right here is Can Romney take advantage of this and pull it out and win the presidency? And more importantly, can Mitt beat Barack Obama? And will you vote for Mitt Romney? Now, here's the thing GDT in the chat room. Uh, GGT183, who hosts one of the finest blog talk radio shows at 1130 tonight, Monday through Friday. Southern Sense is in the house. We all know about her show. It's Southern Sense. 2020, great show comes on right after me, 9 p.m. But here's the deal. Romney's been seen in the company of none other than Marco Rubio. Now, some folks are saying, hey, Marco Rubio is a first term senator. Hasn't even been in the job, you know, a couple, two years yet. How could he be considered for a vice presidential slot? Well, remember the guy who we put in office as president of the United States was barely a senator. And resume is thinner than my dog. My dog, Nick, downstairs in the garage, has a much tighter resume than Barack Hussein Obama. So, do you think that Mitt can pull it out with Marco Rubio at his side? Now, GDT writes in the chat room of GDT183 and his show Conservative Primetime writes oh it comes on at 11:30 writes in the chat room Rubio is not eligible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's eligible. West for VP? I don't think so. West is a rising star. Quite frankly, I don't think that West has the type of charisma that Rubio has, and the deal here is that being a black conservative, I know this for a fact. Just because you're black doesn't mean you're going to get the black vote. Folks are black. Folks are going to vote for Barack Hussein Obama no matter what. But and and the, the, here's the here's the here's the kicker. Latinos are are fastly outpacing Black folks in terms of population and voters. Latinos have, uh, have Black folks beat in terms of voting. Don't you think they'll come out strong and counter that Black vote for Marco Rubio? Just like Black folks are so proud to have the first, quote, African-American president, end quote, Hispanics are going to turn out in droves to have the first Hispanic vice president and perhaps Hispanic president. And most Hispanics are conservative. Of course he can. GDT writes in the chat room, can he help solidify Romney in the southern states? Of course he can. I'm excited about this upcoming this upcoming uh, election season. Ron Paul, uh, Karen writes in the chat room that that she likes Ron Paul from Texas. I like Ron Paul too. At the dinner table uh, during Thanksgiving or the Christmas season, you know, that dirty old uncle, that crusty old uncle or grandfather You know, because that's what Ron Paul reminds me of. A crusty old kook who's pretty much lost his mind, but he doesn't even know it yet. Ron Paul has some good ideas, just like my dirty old uncle does. And then some really crazy, wild, whacked out ideas, too. So, no not Ron, not Rand, it has got to be Marco Rubio. He'll set it right. He'll set it right and he'll set it off. Because here's what's going to happen. Marco Rubio will help counter this. Take a listen to this and you'll see what I'm talking about here. Let me ask you about
4: something which is not in the polling, but I want you, as, a, as experts, Barack Obama is the first African American president. Okay? Is there going to be a, a reluctance on the part of the voters and the political community that talks politics as we get in November about dumping the first African pres- American president? Is that going to be something that just ratchets people? Wait a minute here. This guy's going to knock out the first guy who ever got aboard.
6: Howard. Well, the question is whether voters are going to think that way. My my, yeah. my my guess is it's a wash. My guess is some voters may be reluctant for that reason. On the other hand, there are going to be some voters who are going to be grading him on a tougher on a tougher scale. Because, because, he because, black because. you know,
2: I had a Republican candidate uh, or a non-Republican candidate, a Republican who
6: thought about running for president decided not to. One of the reasons was I'm not going to be that guy. I'm
4: going to be the guy that, that removes.
3: Indeed, Tennessee is GOP country. Marco Rubio should be the guy. Alan West, maybe, but I don't think he's going to be the guy. But when one member of our Blog Talk family, GGT, and several others talked about the southern states and bringing them into line, who better then than Nikki Haley? Nikki can Nikki can bridge that gap and she's being talked about as being on the short list as well. But I say we got a white guy. We got an Hispanic guy. We got the White House. It's just that simple. Does anybody else agree? White guy, Spaniard election results come on, come on you gotta you gotta be with me here because the polls now show that voters like Obama but disapprove of his policies they they're not feeling love. You know, when gas prices are sky high, you can't keep blaming Bush. When the unemployment rate is at a low, what, 8.2, 8.3, but there are 20 million people out of work who've just stopped looking, who are no longer on the rolls, can't be counted. You can't tout those numbers. Barack Obama is not running at all on his record. It's divide and conquer. It's Saul Alinsky tactics, all rolled up. The guy is done. I'm surprised that my good friend GGT183 of Conservative Prime Time, on at eleven thirty, tonight Monday through Friday, thinks that Mitt Romney is going to get scrapped. That Mitt Romney is done. Conservative Prime Time also writes in the chat room, Obama's still polling at 47%. If he's polling 50 around Labor Day, mid is toast. I don't agree that Obama is polling at 47%. Last I saw, he's around 43%. And how is he going to get to 50% with all the craziness going on in his administration right now? With gas prices continuing to necessarily skyrocket with the economy going in the wrong direction right now how is he going to get to 50% that's my question is it going to happen I don't think so because I don't think the guy can pull it out if the economy was going well if gas prices were low if that arrow was going up in terms of economic growth instead of down as we saw on Thursday and Friday if housing starts were improving I would say yeah yeah it's it's a wash it's pretty much game over he's going to get reelected quite frankly I don't even see why people say they like the guy he's obviously full of crap You know, as hard as I try, I can't like Obama at all. I can't even like the guy. I can't even say, wow, you know, I kind of like him. You know, I can't even, I can't say, well, you know, I got to admit that I kind of like him a little. I mean, I could say that about Bill Clinton. I can say that, you know, I kind of like Bill Clinton because, you know, he's kind of like your dirty old. You know, uncle. He's like a, an uncle who's like a dirty old man who you, you won't trust your girlfriend with or your or your female dog or anything uh, with female uh, gender. or And you, you got to count your fingers after you shake his hand and make sure you've got your rings and your watch. But otherwise, he's pretty cool. I can say that about Bill Clinton. I can't say that about Obama. He's obviously a charlatan and a con artist. He's a con artist. 2020 Radio has got to check out But his show is on at 9 p.m. right after mine on the 2020 Radio Network. Please check him out. I know I'm going to. Not five minutes after I'm off the air in just three minutes. Speaking of that, I got to get the hell out of here, too. But uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. All of my favorite people are here. Cougar. 2020, Solo, Blog Talk, Casanova, Frankenstein. Love that name, GGT183. Everybody, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for coming in and supporting my show. I'm headed over to 2020 Radio, the 2020 Radio Network. And then later on, if I can manage to stay awake because I'm an old man, I'm going over the GGT183 show, Conservative Prime time Thank you, folks. For listening good night god bless you i'm out god bless america
5: try not to get worried try not to turn on to problems that upset you don't you know everything's all right yes everything's fine and we want you to sleep well tonight Let the world turn without you tonight If we try, we'll get by So forget all about us tonight Everything's alright, yes Everything's alright, yes Sleep and I shall soothe you Calm you and anoint you For your hot forehead Then you'll feel everything's alright Yes, everything's fine and it's cool and the ointment oh, sweet for the fire in your head and feet. Close your eyes, close your eyes and relax. Think of nothing tonight. Pay your money, buy an ointment, brand new and expensive. Should have been safe for the poor. Why has it been wasted? We could have raised maybe 300 silver pieces or more. People who are hungry, people who are starving, they matter more than your feet and hair. Try not to get worried i must not to turn on to problems that upset you Don't you know everything's alright, yes, everything's alright, yes Surely you're not saying we have the resources To save the poor from their lot
0: There will be poor always Pathetically struggling Look at the good things you've got Think while you still have me move While you still see me You'll be lost And you'll
5: be sorry When I'm gone Sleep and I shall soothe you Calm you and anoint you Murph for your hot forehead Then you feel everything's alright Yes, everything's fine And it's cool and all For the fire in your head and feet, close your eyes.